At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with michael lombardi and patrick maher on vsin Oh, it's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe, Mike Pritchard in for Patrick and Michael on this Friday, March 4th. A lot to get to on the show over the next two hours, and we want to hear from you guys. Make sure to tweet at us at VEASAN Live on Twitter, at M.I. Pritchard. At Femi Abebefe is where you can find us. Coming up, a couple knowledgeable guests on the show this morning. Josh Applebaum, VEASAN host and host of Market Insights Podcast, joins us at 1030. Let us know where he's seeing value on the board today. Wes Reynolds, VEASAN host and co-host of Long Shots with Brady Cannon, joins us at 945 Pacific time to discuss college basketball, golf, NBA, whatever on Wes's mind, we will talk about it here on the show. NFL offseason underway, scouting combine going on in Indy right now, free agency in two weeks. Which teams are most likely to go from worst to first in 2022? We try to get ahead of the market on the show today. Also, who will be the Washington Commanders starting QB for week one? We go over their futures odds in a wide open NFC East after the news that we saw this morning. But first, Pritch. What's happening, man? It's a Friday. Let's go. It is Friday. Great to be with you, uh, Femi. A lot to get to. Uh, heating up in the NBA. Cashing tickets left and mm-hmm. right there. Doing a nice job there. College hoops getting ready for the madness in a couple of weeks, too. And yes, then sir. the NFL is always the calendar year discussion, right? It's, <laughs> it's a sore subject for okay. me this morning. You're a little hurt today. You're a little hurt today. A, 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 little, uh, <laughs> a little annoyed at my favorite team, and we'll jump into that discussion right now here. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, always a topic of discussion in the National Football League in the offseason. They're America's team, always moving the needle. Well, earlier this morning, and this just came out about an hour ago or so, ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting that the Dallas Cowboys are likely to release wide receiver Amari Cooper by the start of the new league year and that new league year starts March 20th so in 16 days Cooper is due 20 million dollars fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the new league year if the Cowboys release him they will save 16 million dollars in terms of cap space right now Dallas is 21 million dollars over the cap so Mm -hmm. they're looking at Cooper as that cap casualty and we can go in a number of directions with this and we'll get to the betting part in just a bit but first Pritch when you saw that news what was your immediate reaction to Cooper now looking like he'll be playing for another team in 2022. Well, there's a lot of layers to this. I mean, Mark Cooper, he's one of the best route runners in the National Football League. But can he stay healthy, though, Femi? 
Uh, can he stay healthy for key games, in particular the playoffs? And, uh, you know, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you're factoring that into this decision. Now, releasing Amari Cooper, I am shocked at it, as opposed to why not a restructure? Mm-hmm. Like you said, he's still young. He's only 27 years old, going to be 28 years old. And, okay, if you need some cap release, uh, relief, why not a restructure with a premium player? Why outright release, right? So it tells me there's something else going on here in terms of Amari Cooper and the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe Amari Cooper doesn't want to restructure his contract, even though it would be bonus money up front. Uh, maybe he wants to go somewhere else. So I, I know it's been tumultuous a little bit out there in Dallas with Amari because he just hasn't lived up to that uh, – you know, Michael Irving moniker. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't lived up to that type of billing in which. You which know, is tough. He, Michael Irving's a Hall of Famer. Well, that's, that's a, but those are the expectations. That's the expectations, though, out there for Jerry and, and certainly that position, too. Uh, so Jerry wants that, and he hasn't had that from Mari Cooper. So I, I am shocked that it is a release. Uh, but, you know, strange things can happen. Maybe there is still time for a restructure. Yeah, and it sounds like Dallas is looking to maybe trade him, but, I mean, I don't know how you're going to trade him after this news gets out there yeah. now. Any offer that you get is going to be a day three pick at best. Talking about maybe a fourth rounder is the best you can do because teams are just going to say, hey, we'll just wait for you to cut him, and then we'll go try and sign him. <laughs> maybe somebody wants to get a head start and uh, doesn't want to begin to get into a bidding war in terms of a Cooper being on the open market because Field Yates of ESPN tweeted that Cooper is eligible to sign a new deal immediately the minute he is released right. he will not have to wait until free agency so if the Cowboys were to release him tomorrow or Monday or so he can sign with any team in the league if he so chooses they're just 27 years old mm-hmm. four 1,000 yard receive 1,000 yard receiving seasons under his belt here you mentioned the elite route running from Cooper the durability being an issue but it feels like Dallas I mean this is just they're not getting they're not making their team better is the kind of confusing thing that I give them. I get the cap space stuff, but there's things that you can do to restructure. I mean, we saw the New Orleans Saints have been restructuring for years. Now mm-hmm. that bill came due this year. Sure. But the Cowboys are still in this window with Dak Prescott as their quarterback. I mean, look at the Rams, all the cap magic they've been doing to get new veterans in and kind of get some guys on the roster that are high caliber type of players. Cooper's not elite, but he's still a high-caliber type of player, and still at a young age where he's in his prime. This is a perplexing decision, cap stuff aside. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of layers, like I said, Femi, because there could be other receivers in free agency that Jerry might want as opposed to Amari Cooper. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so he could be making room for that. Uh, There's there's, uh, so many wide receivers coming into uh, the league, too. I I mentioned this before on Betting Across America in terms of you know, when you have receivers, there's more Justin Jeffersons and Jamar Chases coming into the National Football League coming yep. out of college than there are the Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins, right, and these legendary players. So, um, you know, you look at that, and that also allows you to get cheaper uh, as an organization as well. So I am shocked that it is a release per the report, as opposed mm-hmm. to a restructure, though, for Amari Cooper. Yeah, Cooper last year in 2021 uh, didn't have a solid year in terms of his own standards there. Uh, mm-hmm. Only played in 15 games, 865 receiving yards, eight touchdowns, missed a couple games due to testing positive for COVID-19. Also had a foot injury right. that was kind of hampering him, but he also had some high moments, like the Minnesota Vikings game kind of stands out to me when Cooper Rush was playing quarterback, Amari Cooper catching the game-winning touchdown in that game, being, being the reason why they won that football game and one of the reports that we're seeing now that it does look like the Dallas Cowboys will release Amari Mm -hmm. Cooper is that it looks like 
this decision is being made because they want to re-sign Michael Gallup sure. to a long-term extension here. Now, Gallup, you talk about Cooper's durability. Gallup is coming off a torn ACL, which he suffered late in the season. Also, early in the season, he had a calf issue that made him miss a number of games as well for him. So it's like, okay, you can say Cooper's not durable, but look at the guy who you're about to re-sign here, Michael Gallup. Yeah, Michael Gallup is uh, a first-round talent. He was coming out. I was at the mm-hmm. Senior Bowl when he was out there uh, performing in front of the coaches. And, you know, he didn't go in the first round, obviously, but there are questions about his durability for sure. Uh, and, and I don't know if you roll the dice that way. Uh, in terms of, okay, we're going to release Amari Cooper and we're going to sign Michael Gallup to this extension. CeeDee Lamb is the guy. Uh, I mean, he is that Michael Irving, that kind of guy that they want to be that playmaker. Uh, Maybe his role changes from a slot receiver to go outside now, which he can be dynamic out there too. But I I really have to believe that there's some other free agency situation too that the Cowboys are looking at or indeed looking into the draft because there's there's so many receivers coming into the National Football League now Mm -hmm. uh, that can be at an elite level. And we're talking about finding guys in the second and third round these days. Yeah, looking at these stats, comparing Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Amari Cooper played one more game than Michael Gallup did for the Dallas Cowboys. 56 games for Cooper, 55 for Gallup. Cooper had 292 catches compared to Gallup's 193. Mm -hmm. Also had 3,893 receiving yards compared to the 2,902 receiving yards for Gallup. Cooper, 27 touchdowns. Gallup, 15 touchdowns. So I get that he's going to come at a cheaper price, but you're also getting what you pay for. Right. In terms and Gallup, he could have a ceiling that's higher or maybe continues to ascend as a player here, but he's only one year younger than Cooper. Cooper is one of the youngest players to enter the league in his draft. He was, I think he was 20 years old when Mm -hmm. he got drafted by the Oakland Raiders. Raiders, the then Oakland Raiders, and only 27 years old. It just does not make sense to me. Now I ask you this. With the decision that they're likely going to release Amari Cooper, looks like it'll be Gallup, C.D. Lamb, maybe Cedric Wilson for the Dallas Cowboys. Right now over at BetMGM, the Cowboys are minus 120 to win the division. The Philadelphia Eagles, 3-1. to one. Commanders, plus 450. The Giants, 7-1. to one. Do you think Dallas should be minus 120, knowing <laughs> that we know about this offseason that they're about to have over the cap? It's still over the cap after probably releasing Amari Cooper here. I don't know if Dallas is good enough to be a prohibitive favorite, even though they do have the most stable quarterback situation. Right. They did go 12-5 and five last year, though. Uh, yeah. Keep that in mind. And, okay, you look at the rest of this division to the Eagles – I mean, I, who knows what moves they're going to make. Uh, and certainly mm-hmm. from a betting standpoint, I wouldn't place the bet or, or bet on the Cowboys as a divisional winner uh, in the fact that, okay, I, what else is going to happen in this division? I don't think the Giants are going to get healthy or improve mightily uh, in the offseason to contend the way that you would think they're going to be able to have to or have to contend with Dallas. Uh, and then the football team, the commanders, um, a quarterback, are they a quarterback away? I don't believe so. I don't. I think there's some issues going on out there, too. So no, I think Dallas should be the favorite here. Uh, and this is a 12-5 and five team that Jerry Jones has the mission of getting to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's going to do whatever it takes and what he thinks he should do. I was going to say, I was like, apparently he doesn't think they need a Mario Cooper. <laughs> right, right, right. So, again, I, I think there could be another free agent wide receiver in play. 
Uh, obviously, you got to sign some other players and structure the defense and get the defense sound the way that you need to. You got the quarterback in place, too. So uh, I think Jerry feels like he probably has enough playmakers, don't want to overpay for Amari Cooper, who's often injured anyway. Uh, but I, again, I'll go back to the fact that why not just restructure? Yeah. Uh, and then, therefore, you can keep everything intact. But uh, there are some questions surrounding this move for sure. Yeah, no, it's to me, it is a very, very questionable decision from this Dallas Cowboys team. During the football season, Pritch and I host Point Spread Sunday every morning leading up to kickoff of the NFL games. We have a segment called Fresh Fades. I think the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys heading into the offseason might be a fresh fade for me just because this is a division we have not seen a repeat winner right. since 2004. And if you're telling me I got to lay minus 120 to bet the Dallas Cowboys to win this division, that's something I will not do. I think any of these teams honestly are live. Like, they all have big question marks. Okay. Eagles 3-1, to one, Commanders plus 450. Even the Giants at 7-1 to one, I think is worth a look just because Brian Dayball, new head yeah. coach there, um, they can do some things in the draft with those picks five and seven to improve their team. So I, <laughs> NFC East, in my opinion, is up for grabs. And okay. we'll talk about the commanders later yep. on in the show. But to me, that I don't see Dallas should be a prohibitive. They should be the favorite, not a prohibitive favorite there at minus 120. We're just getting rolling here on the Lombardi line. More NFL news and notes on the other side discussing the combine. Boy, those receivers are moving fast last night. This is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside Mike Pritchard here coming to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Last segment, we're reacting to the breaking news in the NFL. Dallas Cowboys likely to release wide receiver Amari Cooper. Right now, Dallas at BetMGM minus 120, the favorites to win the NFC East. Pritchard, let's clean up this discussion before we move to Mm -hmm. the receivers in general. Looks like Dallas will be looking to re-sign Michael Gallup, who is a free agent wide receiver. 
Gallup, maybe they can get him for a, I don't know what deal that they're looking for, cheaper than $20 million per right. year is what it will likely be here. But, I mean, 13 14 15 million i mean is that is gallup at 14 million a year a better deal than cooper at the 20 million per year that to me seems like we're doing backwards math here well sure it's the future years too and it's the situation with okay you want gallup on that roster and you don't want to lose him uh femi uh, again you go back to why not just restructure cooper make everybody happy that way but uh, i think there's something else going on either cooper yeah. wants out he wants to go somewhere else uh not settled in dallas you know the whole not being vaccinated thing coming back to maybe who knows uh, there's always reasons like that that come into play for players and organizations separating going their different ways right mm -hmm. as opposed to just working out from a contract standpoint uh, Gallup I, I think it's more about CD Lamb though you, you know at some point he's going to be the guy that you feature and pay yep. um, where's Gallup, the 88 sure sure and so Gallup uh, definitely is fe uh, factoring into plans uh, Wilson, you mentioned him too, but there's there's so many receivers in this year's draft, Femi, mm -hmm. uh, that, I mean, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, if you're in the market for another playmaker, you're certainly going to find one uh, if it's not going to be free agency. Like finding uh, a second tier or a third tier free agency from a depth standpoint, you can certainly address that uh, through the draft this year. Yeah, we'll talk about those receivers in the draft too in just a matter of moments. Those guys were running fast mm -hmm. last night in Indianapolis for the NFL scouting combine. So let's look at some of these free agent wide receivers. Maybe Dallas looks to get one of these guys, likely not given their cap situation, but here are some of the big names that will be on the market. Now, Devontae Adams is going to headline this list, mm -hmm. but this franchise tag deadline is on March 8th. He will likely be tagged barring some sort of crazy scenario. Maybe Aaron Rodgers says he ain't coming back, and then they just let the whole band leave and they rebuild. But, I mean, Devontae Adams, if he was on the open market, would probably command 25 to $30 million per year. They haven't tagged him yet, right? They haven't yet. The window's been open for a minute. It's, it's been <laughs> it's open. It's been open now, already. Now, now, deadlines make deals. Sure. But – Unless it's, you're baseball. Unless you're <laughs> Touche. Touche. Unless you're baseball. I mean, I think it, you know, this is getting interesting to me because – when you look at Devontae Adams, is he going to be happy being tagged? No, no. he's not. He, he wants, wants a long-term deal, yeah. right? Um, and then the Aaron Rodgers situation. How do you afford Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams on extensions? Like, you give Aaron Rodgers, you make him the highest-paid quarterback. It's a short-term extension, whether it's $50 million a year. With the cap, you can make it work, right? Mm -hmm. What about this guy, Devontae Adams? You know his market value is in excess of $25 million per year. He says he wants $30 million per year. Exactly. So you're talking about, I don't know if my math is correct, about close to 40% of the salary cap with two players. Now so how do you make yourself <laughs> viable for a Super Bowl if you're the Packers with two players consuming about 40% of your salary cap? It's a tough sell. Now, those two players are the best at their positions. Sure. So it's like, it's, it's like, a team okay, game, though. it's a team game, like <laughs> you mentioned. And we saw those two players not be able to get advance in the playoffs this year against the San Francisco 49ers. So that should be kept in mind as well. But Adams, I mean, it's hard to argue with how much he wants when you look at his numbers. I mean, oh, yeah. 1,500 yards this season in 16 games, 11 touchdowns, like we mentioned. Like, he is one of the elite players in football, and I'd venture to guess he's probably one of the 10 best players position aside mm -hmm. in football there. But it's going to be so tricky to see how they piece this roster together. Now, they've done some restructuring. Right. We saw them restructure their offensive tackle, David Bakhtiari. We saw them restructure Kenny Clark, their defensive tackle. Also, Aaron Jones, their running back. So they're doing some of that 
cap magic to try to make this all work to where they can run it back mm-hmm. in 2022. We call it caponomics. Ca- caponomics. <laughs> there you go. That caponomics that you got to do right. this time of year. Those salary cap wizards that yep. are all kind of hiding all throughout the offseason, this is their time to shine. And the Green Bay Packers are the prohibitive favorites to win the NFC yeah. North, which means you get the home playoff game. Good chance they could also be a number one seed again, which would be the road through the Super Bowl going to Lambeau Field. But to me, it's going to be difficult for them to improve. Maybe they can maintain, but to improve, I find it hard with the cap situation being what you outlined. Right, because last year we saw a recession in the National Football League with the cap situation. Yeah, for the first time in forever. It went down, and then certainly uh, when you think about the expansion that we're going to have in the National Football League with the cap going up to about $210 million, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the, the Packers are still – uh, have work to do. They still need to get underneath the number here. They're still over the cap by about $30 million. Uh, so, you know, the thing about Devontae Adams as a free agent, the, the elite, elite free agents uh, on the list, you know, there's a team in the desert with no state taxes and a quarterback that he played with in college mm-hmm. that sounds pretty mm-hmm. lucrative to Devontae Adams. So that's why he doesn't want to be tagged. Think about that. You, do you want to be tagged to play with Aaron Rodgers for two more years or do you want to break the bank as a free agent with no state tax in Las Vegas and play with your college quarterback and somebody that you're close to? Uh, and so I, from a Devontae Adams standpoint, from a player standpoint, I'm like, I'm not thinking about Aaron Rodgers right now. If I'm Devontae Adams, you had your Hall of Fame career. That's awesome. You mentioned, are we even going to get back to the Super Bowl? We don't know that. Yeah. But I do know that my future could be lucrative somewhere else with a quarterback that I'm highly familiar with, highly comfortable with, and I can be a difference maker with Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders. It's an intriguing situation. Now, it's a situation that's likely going to be outside of his control. Right. Because, like we mentioned, it would be a shock if they don't use the franchise tag on Devontae Adams, or unless maybe they come up with a long-term extension between now and March 8th, which is, I mean, it's four days. Mm-hmm. So clock is ticking on a long-term extension. Usually money and extensions of that magnitude take a little bit of time. The team will likely tag him and then figure that stuff out maybe in the summer months. But it, it, to me, it's Devontae Adams, I almost look at him as not even being a free agent. Okay. Just because right. the Green Bay Packers will likely not let him walk without getting something in return. Now, they could tag and trade. Maybe that's how they work things out. If they look like Aaron Rodgers is not going to come back, we still are waiting word on what Rodgers is going to do. Nobody really (laughs) knows. So that's a whole other situation in itself. But I think Adams is kind of tied to what Rodgers ultimately does. And if he comes back, I can see Adams being like, all right, let's run it back. Give me my money, but let's run it back and try to figure something else out. The other receivers on that list was interesting, though, because we've mentioned Michael Gallup is coming off of injury there for the wide receivers that are free agents. Chris Godwin is probably the second best receiver that is on this list. He's coming off a torn ACL as well late in the year. Godwin, it sounds like there's a chance he could return to Tampa, which surprised me a little. I thought that... He played the tag last year that they would maybe let him test the market this year. And because if he hit the open market, he definitely would get a big deal around that 20 million a year and probably be playing on another team other than Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I mean, Tampa, they could offer him the moon, the stars and all that, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about uh, what free agency is. It's the lottery. Uh, it literally is you having the winning combination of the Powerball and you get to cash in it. That's what free agency <laughs> is. Uh, from a player's perspective. So if you're Godwin, if you're Allen Robinson, if you're Mike Williams, I mean, you want 
to take that lottery ticket with the Powerball, the winning number, uh, out of your back pocket and cash it into some team. You want that to happen. So I, I know people and reports are out there that, hey, it looks like he could go back to the Bucks, but there could be a team out there, Femi, that wants to give him an, an opportunity to cash in that lottery ticket. Yeah. And if that happens, and if he's a free agent that way, then Godwin's going to be somewhere else. Same thing with Allen Robinson, same thing with Michael Williams as well. Yeah, those guys are all dynamic playmakers. Here, I think a team like maybe a Jacksonville mm-hmm. that could be pairing mm-hmm. one of these receivers with their young quarterback, with Trevor space. Lawrence, with a lot of cap mm-hmm. space. Also, no state income tax there in Florida. <laughs> that that helps out as well for these guys if they want to go down there to Duval County. But do, do you think there's a team, because we look at some of these other guys, Odell Beckham Jr. also coming off a torn ACL. A lot of these injuries are impacting these receivers yeah. here who are hitting the open market. Christian Kirk is on there. DJ Chark. Jacksonville's looking to hopefully bring him back. Will Fuller's on the market. He played two games for the Dolphins. This past year, you have a Jamison Crowder out there as well. Uh, is there a team that you would identify that could really use one of these guys and help elevate themselves next season? Well, I mentioned the Raiders. I, yeah. I think the Raiders are going to be in a free agent wide receiver market uh, for sure, uh, whether it's going to be Devontae Adams. I mean, Chris Godwin's one of those guys. Amari Cooper, who could be back on yeah. uh, the Add, market too. Add him to the list. Uh, right. So, yeah, I, I think uh, a team like that, uh, every team in the National Football League wants that number one playmaker. So as a better, I would look at every situation with every team. Okay, who has a number one playmaker? Who's going to improve themselves with a, a playmaker from free agency? And then look at the draft, too. Uh, these coaches and these GMs are chomping at the bit to get yeah. their hands on these receivers coming out of college right now. Yeah, I think the, the Patriots are another team that could use a wide sure. receiver there with Mac Jones going into his second year there. Maybe a guy like Amari Cooper. Nick Saban likes Alabama, guys. Yep. So uh, Cooper would fit that mold there. For New England. You mentioned the draft. We're going to talk about the draft on the other side. Chris Olave was blazing the Ohio State Buckeyes last night running the 40. We'll discuss those receivers. Plus, start to look at the NBA in tonight's slate. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Starting your college hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage starting Monday, sun, Sunday, I should say, March 13th, with six hours of free live video streaming on VSIN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VSIN college hoops experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket and round one tournament betting with the VSIN college hoops experts on Sunday. March 13th, 6 p.m. Eastern, free on vcin.com. March Madness just weeks away. I mean, weeks almost, it's week, I should say, not even plural, uh, with March Madness coming up here pretty soon. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside Mike Pritchard here. Uh, talking a little NFL offseason because, you know, the NFL carousel is always spinning 24-7, 365. And we were kind of joking during the break. I was talking about Pritch about the NFL scouting combine, which is going on right now in Indianapolis. We saw the quarterbacks, receivers, and tight ends work out yesterday. I believe it will be the running backs taking center stage later on this afternoon in Indianapolis. I asked Pritch, I was like, hey, was the scouting combine a thing when you were playing? <laughs> yes, you did. I, I'm out here trying to date Pritch <laughs> yeah. like, like he was coached by Vince Lombardi or, <laughs> or one of these legendary coaches here. Pritch, you participated in the scouting combine. For those who don't know, Pritch was a first-round draft pick out of Colorado, was a national champion with the Buffs. Uh, what was your scouting combine experience like as a player? Oh, mine was great. Uh, mine was awesome. I, um, I had the uh, third fastest 40. There we go. Uh, sub 4-4. Four, four. 
My man. Um, but I had the fastest 20. Okay. So, you know, when you think about the combine, and a lot of people are bringing this to light uh, when, you, when you're looking at um, – people discovering the impact of, of the combine. Like, are, is a 40 really that impactful? Well, it is. Uh, it shows explosiveness for sure. Um, but the measurement, I, I think, for a receiver uh, is that 10 and 20 split. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's been highlighted at the combine as well so far. And, and so I was fortunate. And so I went into the combine uh, in terms of discovery because there's confirmation and discovery at the combine. Like you watch tape and all these coaches and GMs, they've watched a ton of tape uh, of the players, but they wanted confirmation. Okay, is this player really fast or what's going on with this player? Uh, they, they play slower than they indicate, you know, running a straight line of 40 yards or, or something like that. So mm-hmm. uh, the discovery is, okay, who is this player? I've heard things about him, but I don't know who this player is. And so you have the discovery, you have the interview process. And, and so for me, uh, the combine uh, jump-started my process to be a first-round draft choice. You talk about discovery, and you said you ran sub 4-4. Four, four. Mm-hmm. Do you know the exact time, 4-3-something? Well, I know. I, so I didn't have a distinct pro day, so I had to work out for about 22 teams. Mm-hmm. And I was always right around the 4-3-5 to 4-4. Four, four. You were moving. I was moving. Man, Fritch out here moving right here. <laughs> I love it here. Uh, deep threat, go on these vertical shots. <laughs> you mentioned discovery. Baylor mm-hmm. wide receiver yeah. Tyquan Thornton. I mean, he probably made himself a little bit of money last night running the 40-yard dash. Now, unofficially, he set a record at 4-2-1. When the official time came out, he ran a 4-2-8. He didn't break John Ross's 4-2-2, mm-hmm. which was an official time there. Uh, Ross, the receiver out of Washington, hasn't really amounted to much in the NFL, but he can run really fast. Thornton can run really fast, running a 4-2-8. That's a guy that nobody was really talking about. And now, leaving the combine, maybe they go back to that tape and they get a little bit of discovery with Taekwon Thornton. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, a guy with those dimensions, 6-3, running a 4-2, I mean, uh, instantly you think about Randy Moss, Yep. right? 6-5, six, 6-4, six, running a 4-2. But Randy Moss was a football player. Randy Moss was incredible. He was the most talented football player at that position ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no debate about that, right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think this young man made him some money. Uh, but this is that discovery phase because nobody was talking about him, right? Now, yep. all of a sudden, you're talking about who's this receiver from Baylor? What can he do? And so you're going to go back and watch tape, and, and now you're going to dissect the film because he can run like this. And uh, I, I think from that perspective, uh, it's exciting for this young man. And so, and there were some other receivers like uh, Alave who confirmed how explosive he was, right? And so he actually improved his stock, I believe, as well. And that's one thing that I think will be interesting to look at once we start to get these draft props opening in mass, which we mm-hmm. believe will start to happen over at some of these sports books across the country. After the combine, that's typically like the official start to the NFL draft season right now. The only ones that are up are first overall pick or first quarterback to be drafted. First receiver to be drafted will likely be coming soon here. And Olave is a guy that could be in that mix, in that conversation as a first receiver to be drafted. It's either him or the USC kid, Drake London, Mm -hmm. or maybe his teammate, Garrett Wilson, out there at Ohio State. I'm almost fascinated about how much we think as betters these teams factor in a 40 time to a draft position and if that's correlated with guys going higher in the draft who also match right. what they do on film so here's the correlation at least from my experience so uh as a receiver in college i averaged over 26 yards per reception <laughs> right but on tape and i was told this it didn't look like i was running fast because i had a smooth running motion 
Uh, and so when you run a 4-3, you're like, oh, yeah, he's fast, right? He's yeah. explosive. So uh, the thing is, is, uh, you know, Alave or any receiver out there, when you show this type of explosiveness, then it's going to confirm what the tape has already suggested to all these evaluators. Uh, so that's how you look at it there, and that's how it correlates. So uh, as a better, absolutely. I mean, I, I think Jamar Chase, we see him go top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a chance for a receiver to go that high this year? Yeah, there is. And, you know, I mean, the receiver position to me uh, is at a premium in the National Football League. Uh, you think about Odell Beckham Jr. and what he did, Cooper Cup. I mean, my goodness. And, and so it goes on and on and on in which, you know, can you move away from the running back position uh, to the receiver position on offense as that next premium position next to the quarterback. We saw Jamar Chase drafted number five overall mm-hmm. to the Cincinnati Bengals, helping them go from worst to first right. in 2021. They were last place in 2020, end up going all the way to the Super Bowl this past season. So we'll see if any of these wide receivers can help some of these AFC teams go worst to first. And that's what we'll discuss now here. Looking at the teams who finished in last place <laughs> in the AFC, we'll talk NFC in the second hour. In the AFC East, it was the New York Jets. In the AFC North, it was the Baltimore Ravens. South was the Jacksonville Jaguars and the West was the Denver Broncos. Uh, which one of these teams? Now, it looks like obvious of which one has the best chance right. of going worse to first as you see Baltimore at plus 175. But does another team maybe stand out to you? Well, you know, I look at this bet, it's Femi, as a come-out role in craps. Uh, <laughs> 7-11 or snake eyes or boxcars, <laughs> man, because this is a future that I'm not going to put uh, any type of money towards if I, if I did participate uh, just because of the teams on the list. I mean, you have the Jets at 14-1. I think it's impossible for them to go worse to first. Uh, if you consider the last 20 years, they've had, I don't know, finished last place, what, eight times? And uh, they've only finished first place one time. It's an uphill battle. <laughs> totally. Uh, and then the same thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, they've had, in the last 22 years, they finished last place in their division eight times, first place <laughs> one time since 2000. So take those two teams off the list because they can't get right with the coach, the GM, the quarterback. It doesn't matter. It doesn't (laughs) matter. But the Ravens are interesting, though, because who thought they would have been in last place but injuries uh, Mm -hmm. and then Lamar Jackson going down. uh, I think the culture that Harbaugh has out there is conducive uh, for them to get it right. And then also they have some cap space to work with, too. Uh, But the Broncos are intriguing to me. They really are because of the whole – quarterback drama thing. I, I think the Broncos are pretty much a player in trying to land a free agent quarterback or a quarterback they can acquire via trade that can really elevate their uh, football team right now. And you talked to a lot of folks out there in Denver. You hung out in that Denver area for mm-hmm. quite a bit of time here. How do the people there feel about this team? Because you talked about the quarterback away, Nathaniel Hackett will be taking over as the head coach in his first year, was the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. People will immediately make the connection of maybe Aaron Rodgers goes to the Rocky Mountains, but that doesn't seem to be likely. If not Rodgers, then who? Well, there was reports that Rodgers was going there. Uh, and I, I think Rodgers was using people to get those reports out there, which <laughs> tells you about the guy a little bit, right? Uh, um, I, I know there were some teammates out there in Denver that were pining for Deshaun Watson. Uh, I don't know how realistic that is, though, because of his situation. Yeah. Uh, there's Garoppolo, familiarity with the system uh, and the fact that, okay, you know, he's touched Kyle Shanahan, who everybody wanted to- Kyle Shanahan out there in Denver in the first place. Uh, so I, I, I think it could be a number of those guys. I mean, Russell Wilson. I mean, the Broncos are a team, in my opinion, that would be willing to trade assets to get a quarterback like that. 
Yeah, and and think that's half of the battle there is the motivation of right. getting the quarterback because we've seen this team last year. Their roster is loaded. Their roster is ready to go and compete for a Super Bowl, but they're just missing one piece. That piece just happens to be the biggest piece of any organization there. So I'm really fascinated to see what Denver does at quarterback and how that kind of changes the odds in the AFC West because there's no guarantee that they're going to be a favorite or anything like that in that division when you have Patrick Mahomes sure. out there in Kansas City, L.A. Chargers have Justin Herbert, and they have $50 million in cap space so they can get markedly better as well. That division with the Raiders in the playoffs last year looks like it's going to be a gauntlet. I think it will be. I think the window is shutting for Kansas City too. Uh, you only have so many years to make it happen. And they've been mm-hmm. to Super Bowls. They have, they've won one. I get it. Uh, but now you're getting older. People are catching up to you. Patrick Mahomes, we saw that second half against the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs. Uh, so it, it gets – the road isn't as tough as it was when that thing was wide open in Kansas City. Now, now, now that window's closing a little bit. How about the window for the Jacksonville Jaguars? I know you want to throw them out, Pritch. I might be interested in Jacksonville at some long odds to maybe win a wide-open AFC South that no team really has a stranglehold on either. On the other side, Wes Reynolds joined the show talking a little college basketball and maybe a little Arnold Palmer. How are his outrights doing? This is VSIN, the sports. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcomes you with a special offer for the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM is the proud to be authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 100 gambler Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside Mike Pritchard here talking all things NFL offseason. But our next guest is going to help us turn our attention to what's happening in the PGA Tour and also in the world of college basketball. We bring in Wes Reynolds, VSIN host, host of the Long Shots podcast with Brady Cannon, which you can catch here on the network. And Wes, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you've hit outrights in three of the last four tournaments, and you're looking pretty good right now in the Arnold Palmer with one of your outrights in the lead right now in the round two. Yeah, Femi and Mike, uh, thanks for having me this morning. Uh, yeah, Victor Hovland's playing 18 right now, currently nine under, has a two-shot lead, but we'll see if he can come in with a par or at least a birdie. Rory McIlroy, of course, was a three-shot leader yesterday through round one at seven under. Rory's about to tee off here, probably in about 15 or 20 minutes or so, but in good shape, at least with Hovland up there. Billy Horschel at six under par, currently outright fourth. Uh, Zalatoris, another guy we had, has not teed off yet. He'll go off here in a few minutes. He's at four under par. But good field down there at the Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill this week. And Hovland is trying to get that first win stateside on the PGA Tour. He's won in Mexico. He's won in Puerto Rico. Of course, he's won all over the world on the DP World Tour. But still trying to get that win stateside. And uh, this looks like a good chance for him to do it off to a good round. He's got six under going right now. You know, Wes, there's so much uh, for golf uh, in terms of betting heading into the weekend. Looking forward to that, but also looking forward to that first major of the year, which is the Masters, right? And uh, you uh, and Brady are incredible right now. I, I, I invite everybody to listen to Long Shots, and you'll get uh, some wisdom for sure. Um, the thing I want to know is, as these players are gearing up for this first major of the year, uh, Arnold Palmer, I mean, of course, Bermuda, I mean, all this, I mean, it's so different than the Masters probably, but yet, how do you start to begin your cap uh, with the Masters and how these players are currently playing right now? Yeah, Pritch. I mean, it's really interesting usually with the Masters because it's the only major where prices are up, you know, and you can bet into this board for like five or six months. This gets up in like November, December, and then, of course, we're going to have it here second week of April, but numbers are going to move based on how guys do. If a guy wins, you're going to see a price drift. So a lot of masters betting, especially if you're betting, you know, kind of throughout the weeks leading up to it, not necessarily the week of, a lot of it is going to drift just based on how they do or guys are, you know, that may get off the slow starts. Maybe you get a bigger number come tournament week. Like the, a lot of the premium players, you know, the John Roms and the Justin Thomases and Rory McIlroy and those guys, you're not going to see those prices really go up all that much, even if they had not won leading up to the event. So you know, basically the Masters betting, more so than any other major, a lot of it is timing the market and just trying to get in at a good price. You know, but if you got an inkling a guy's going to win, you know, over these next few weeks, because we got the Players Championship, of course, next week. We have the WGC match play here at the end of the month, a couple other events leading up. So it's just basically timing the market and kind of going a lot on previous form as well because Augusta National of any course on the PGA Tour is the most predictive in terms of success in the fact that guys that usually play well there play well there every single year. 
We're speaking with Wes Reynolds, VEASAN host, co-host, I should say, of the Long Shots podcast, also a contributor to Point Spread Weekly. Wes, let's turn our attention to college basketball. I know the big conferences get going next week there with Championship Week, but we have some smaller conference tournaments going on right now. Are there any interesting futures bets that you are eyeing for these conference tournaments with some of these low-major conferences that are playing right now? Well, one I'm going to take a little shot with at a big number. And look, it's a big number for a reason. And we were talking about this yesterday, Femi, the West Coast Conference Tournament, of course. Mm -hmm. And you've got that staggered bracket format where obviously the top (laughs) two seeds get protected and basically get the double slash triple by whatever you want to call it into the semifinals. And that, of course, is Gonzaga one, St. Mary's two. But I'm going to take a shot, and I've seen it as high as 30 to 1 with the San Francisco Dons. Now, the thing about the Dons is they have to win basically three games. Assuming BYU gets by Loyola Marymount tonight, it's going to be the Dons and BYU on Saturday night over at the Union's Arena. And that essentially could be an elimination game because right now, BYU, depending on what bracketology you read, A lot of people have them maybe like first four out or next four out. San Francisco, last four in or next four in, whatever the terminology is. San Francisco is probably in better shape or in at-large right now than BYU, at least, since they swept these guys. But I think USF, if they can get by BYU, now they would have to beat Gonzaga, and then they would have to beat either St. Mary's or Santa Clara, presumably, in the championship game. But I thought 25 or 30 to 1 on these guys. This is a capable team. And, you know, I don't want to overuse the term eye test because we're going to hear it a lot over the next week or week and a half. (laughs) But San Francisco looks like an NCAA tournament team. I've watched these guys enough to know that these guys can really play. And I'll take a shot at 30 to 1 in that tournament. Wes, how about the Big Ten? Because last year, so much uh, promise for the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan was the only team that got to the Elite Eight out of that conference. Uh, I, I think the Big Ten, again, is stacked. Iowa's playing great basketball right now, in particular what they just did to Michigan. Uh, Your thoughts on the Big Ten, the conference tournament, uh, any sneaky teams that you have your eyes on there? Yeah, I think the word's out on Iowa, Rich. You said it all right there. They're the hottest team, I think, really going in to the Big Ten tournament. And this is not a team that's usually a very good defensive team, but they've been a little bit better this year. They're actually fifth in the conference in adjusted defensive efficiency. And this is not a team that that usually can guard lampposts, but somehow they force enough, enough turnovers and and they take care of the basketball. They're obviously a very good shooting team that doesn't have to rely necessarily on going off the dribble, and that's why they're number one. They've actually passed Purdue, who's been number one nationally in offensive efficiency pretty much all year, and they actually passed them recently. So Iowa is certainly the hot team, but one team I might be looking to go against in the Big Ten tournament, and they're going to be the number one seed because they're going to win the uh, Big Ten conference. They've already clinched that for the regular season as Wisconsin. This is a team, I think they, they're very good. Greg Gard's done a really good job with this team and getting them to come together. But this is a team that's had its fair share of luck, and no more evident was that on than it was on Tuesday night when they hit those two bank threes in the final minutes to uh, take out Purdue, where Purdue was going for a share of the Big Ten title. So Wisconsin might be a team I'm looking to fade, and they could get maybe like an Indiana or a Michigan in that 8-9 game next Friday in terms of the quarterfinal. I think that team's making an early exit. 
Tomorrow, West is the final regular season day of the college basketball season here. And the biggest game, at least in terms of the hype, not in terms of the teams, is probably Duke, North Carolina, with it being Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. We're going to get these markets opening up here later on this evening, maybe late afternoon. Is there anything that you're looking to do with this Duke-UNC game? It's such a unique situation with this being a, a hostile environment for the Tar Heels entering in Cameron Indoor Stadium with it being K's final game. Yeah, I, I think it's going to get priced at a premium in the market, Femi, because it is Coach K's last game, of course, at Cameron Indoor Stadium. It's going to be on like five or six different networks, so you're going to be able to watch whatever broadcast <laughs> you want of this game. I, yeah, it's been hyped uh, pretty much by the worldwide leader, and look, that, that's been a core of their programming for the better part of the last 30 years, but uh, just on the number alone, I would be looking to take North Carolina just because I think you're going to get that tax already mm -hmm. if you want to lay Duke. However, if you look at the matchup last month, Duke took it to him by 20 points. So I want to see if Leaky Black is going to be healthy. I think he's really key. He's not a guy that gives you a lot of offense for North Carolina, but he's long and rangy and can really guard. So I think North Carolina might get a little bit of extra uh, points in the line here where maybe you could take him. And look, North Carolina, there's a lot of pride there. Clearly, Hubert Davis would like to be the guy that spoils Coach K's party here. I think Duke wins the game, but I'd be looking to take the heels. Yeah, that's kind of how I'd look at yeah. it, too. Maybe wait till the last possible second and bet North Carolina there right before tip-off. He is Wes Reynolds, VEASAN host, also the co-host of the Long Shots podcast, which you should be listening to. You, too, then, would have Victor Hovland in the lead right now at the Arnold Palmer. Wes, we appreciate your time and talk soon. Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah, that's it. College basketball, it's going to be a fun day tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, we got some great games, but it is headlined by that North Carolina Duke game there. I might have sprinkled a little bit on plus 1,200 for Duke to win it all. Okay. Because of Coach K, right? Okay. Well, let's talk about it on the other side there. You mentioned <laughs> Coach K's final. Pritch is in. He's believing in the Blue Devils. Hour number two on the other side. It's the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.